<laughs> he builds it up so well, and I'm like, uh, I'm not worthy, you know. Um, also, I realize why he's wearing a cap, because it's so bright up here. Um, and I've got like the shiniest forehead in the world, so uh, just bear with me, okay. Um, good evening, guys. Uh, tonight, I'm going to uh, be speaking on Psalm 19, so get your Bibles ready, um, or your devices where your Bible is on. Um, so for years, I've been fascinated with the night sky, planets, stars, you name it, the moon. Um, sometimes it's a bit weird. I'll be at a bra and I'll be like, oh, did you know Scorpio is above us? You know, um, I've done it a few times. Um, it's the only one I know, actually. Um, but, uh, you know, in the morning, um, I wake up really early. Um, my mates here, Stu, and we try and wake up in the morning um, at like 4, 4.30 to try and go to gym. <laughs> um, but most of the time, we just sleep in. Uh, but on the days that we don't, I'll, I'll wake up and I'll go out on my balcony at about 4, 4.30 with my cup of coffee and I'll just look outside um, in the dark and there's just like stars, moon. And it's like crazy because it's actually very, very quiet at that time as well, you know. Um, the sun hasn't started to rise yet, but when it does, you kind of see it over the horizon. It's just amazing. It's beautiful. And, um, uh, you know, I, I just, it always reminds me that like God's creation just, it, it leads me to worship every single day. Every time the sun rises, I, I, I just fall, I'm filled with gratitude. I'm, I'm very thankful for a new day. I'm thankful that he's there, you know, and I'm not alone. So, you know, it's, it, it often leads me to worship him. And um, one of my favorite memories as a child, I'm, I'm a bit of a nerd. Um, like, I love Star Wars. I don't know if, uh, yeah. So, um, I was going to do a Yoda voice, but I'm too nervous, so I'm just going to leave it. Um, <laughs> so, when I was younger... Um, I was, uh, uh, you know, my parents used to take me to the planetarium. I don't know if you guys remember the planetarium. You know, you sit down like these chairs and you look up at like a screen <laughs> and it's just a night sky and they go through like the, all the different constellations and planets and things like that. I actually had a birthday there once, um, which was actually quite interesting. Um, like, I don't think my friends enjoyed it much because like they weren't nerds, you know, I was the only one. But anyway, um, so I, I went to the planetarium and... Um, like, my mom actually mentioned uh, a little bit later, because I got a bit bleak. I got really upset that my Star Wars, Star Wars toys, was, they weren't going to be in heaven with me one day. So, <laughs> so she, my mom is amazing. So she, she reassured me that in heaven, with Jesus, who's to say he doesn't give me a whole galaxy? You know? And I was like, wow, yeah, maybe. And then I was actually excited to die, but let's not uh, go down that road. So... Open your Bibles to Psalm 19. The, the title of my preach is called Look Up. Um, and yeah, you can read it with me. So, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor there are words, whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has sent, set a tent for the sun which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Thanks, motorbike. Um, its rising is from the end of the heavens and its uh, circuit to the end of them. And there is nothing hidden from its heat. Then there's a the second part of the psalm. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The, um, reviving the, soul. the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, Rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. 
more to be desired than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter than, uh, also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from my hidden faults. Keep back your servant from also, also from presumptuous sin. Let, let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. And I love this. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in, the, in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I could stop there. Hey? Um, uh, the, the Bible just does, yeah, I think I should just pray because uh, that's amazing. Um, so the night sky has always blown me away and its beauty and its greatness is something I've always associated with God. It's unchanging, yet it's always something different to look at. It's set apart from this world and it gives us great hope in all situations. God is an awesome majesty above it all. And this gives me great reason to worship. Um, so now the theology in that story about my Star Wars was a little bit, what my mom said, was a little bit dodgy, okay? Um, and it's obviously a bit sketchy, but I think my mom was trying to show me that when we are with Jesus in heaven, he will give us a lot more than we could ever imagine. And the older that we get, or the older I got, I realized that he's already given us so much. And what he has in store for us in heaven is more than we could even comprehend, more than the stuff of galaxies. Like in verse 11, if you look there, a great reward. Um, he gave himself, and we will be able to worship him for eternity and live a worshipful life forever, just like the heavens above declaring his glory always. So funny enough, I can't read scripture um, anymore like I used to because of City Institute. Um, <laughs> it's taught me to read it a little bit differently and delve into like the scripture and interpret it faithfully. Um, I hope that I got those words right, Grant, whoever he is. Um, but it's true, I, I really can't. So I'm just going to give you a quick lesson around how I read this, this uh, psalm. And it's actually really, really interesting. So the, the Psalm 19 compares the majesty of God's work to the perfection of cl and clarity of God's law or instruction. So there's two sides to the psalm. It's verse 1 to 6, which is obviously about creation. And then on the other hand, it's about we, how we as worshipers can actually worship him through our obedience to his word and his instruction. And that's, very, that's critical. Um, it's amazing, actually, when we read the psalm. Um, in the first part, he mentions God. So David mentions God. And the Hebrew for God is El in that situation. And that's a very general term for God. Okay, so uh, bear with me. The second part is also um, a word, Lord, and that's actually Yahweh in Hebrew. And that is um, his revealed name, God's revealed name to us. So David makes a remarkable distinction between the two um, in this passage, showing us that everyone can see creation, but only the true sons and daughters of God can see him and be in relationship with him. So I wanted to highlight how he mentions the sun as well in verse 4 and 5. Um, and just like the sun, so let's read verse 4. Um, their voice goes through all the earth. Wait, where's the sun? Verse 4 to 5. Their, their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber and like a strong man runs his course with joy. It's rising from the end to the heavens and circuit to the end of them. And there's nothing hidden from its heat. Just like the glory of God, we can't hide from him. Um, God's glory is throughout the earth and no one can escape it. And those that follow him can share his glory through worship 
and obedience. And that's what David's telling us, is worship and obedience. Um, they go hand in hand, actually. I don't know if you've ever thought about um, being obedient is actually worship to him. Um, so how can we worship God uh, or, or how can you worship the God of creation without following his ways? Have you ever asked yourself a question? Um, if he's the God of creation, why are you not following his commandments? Um, and that's a challenge to you. So Alistair Begg says, um, says this, as the sun shines and go, is, um, says this, as the sun shines and go over, goes over the earth, so does the law shining into the darkness of this world. And I think that's critical, you know. I think as, uh, when, when David says the law is like the sun or whatever the case is, it's very important that we, if we're obedient, we bring light into the world that we're actually living in at the moment. Um, so let's look at the, what, God, uh, what David says about the law. He, he describes it in six different ways, and I think they should come up here. So the first way that he describes the law is perfect. So if you've ever thought about the Ten Commandments being a joke, it's perfect. <laughs> it's sure. It's right. Now, right is the moral side of things. You know, the law is morally right. Um, it's pure. It's clean. It's true. And it's righteous. Now, have you heard of the, I don't know if you've ever described Jesus in the same way. He's the fulfillment of the law. I don't know if you've ever uh, put those things together. So if this is the law, then surely we should follow the instructions given to us from God. If it's pure, if it's right, if it's true, especially in this world that we're living in with half-truths, and it's like, oh, it's my truth. I don't know if you've heard of that. There's one truth. So by keeping his statutes and instructions through the word, we should experience a few amazing things, and it should transform our hearts. And uh, probably was a little bit boring. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I'm joking. I'm just kidding. Um, so how does the law transform us? So there's a few ways. Firstly, David says it revives our soul. Now, that word revive, something dead to life, okay? It revives our soul. It gives us wisdom. Reminds me of Proverbs, you know, as you live um, uh, obedient life and follow God's instructions, then things just happen, you know? So it helps us um, with wisdom. It gives us joy. It enlightens our eyes. It reminds me of that amazing grace, how sweet the sound, you know, I was blind, but now I see. Um, enlightens our eyes when we follow the law. Um, and then it brings steadfast faithfulness. Um, by keeping the law, we are changed and we are transformed. If you are a believer, there has to be a transfer transformation in the way you speak, in the way you act, and in the way you think. You can't be the same after, after that. Thankfully, Jesus has come, and uh, I just spat everywhere. Jesus has come, and although it's impossible to be perfect, Jesus is perfect. So when we fall short, that's where he steps in. So although that this whole instruction thing and the law is like quite scary, I mean, do this, do this, go do this, go do this, you know, it's, it's, it's a really, it's a, it's a heavy burden. It's a, it's a heavy burden, but Jesus steps into that gap that we have. Um, Jesus is perfect. He came to fulfill the law because he knew we would fall short. And this is amazing because in Jesus, we are made righteous. And uh, all those things listed, we receive, not only from the law, um, uh, but from our transforming relationship with Jesus, because he is the fulfillment of the law. Um, David then goes on to say in verse 10 to 11, more to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there's great reward. So I don't think I can preach without mentioning money. 
Um, I am a financial planner, so <laughs> it just happens naturally. And I love this verse because it shows us uh, money and honey. It's the money and honey verse, you know. And um, it hit me because David says that by following God's instructions, it is more valuable than money. And I don't think we, uh, we often put him above our finances. Um, this reminds me of also the promised land, you know, the honey side, the land of milk and honey, you know. It's the promised land. But then this also shows me, the psalm itself, shows me that it's not about the destination. It's rather about the object of our worship being Jesus, the fulfillment of God's law. And therefore, in this life and the next, we too are rewarded by following his ways and instruction. And this will lead us into the promised land. But we will enter with a heart of worship through obedience to Jesus. I hope we're catching. You're all with me, eh? Okay, cool. So when I look up, it gives me hope. It gives me encouragement knowing God is bigger than everything else. However, when I look within, I also get a great hope. So I was in the bush once, and... Um, I was in Botswana a few months ago, and I was sitting around the, the campfire, and it's, it's, I mean, when you're in uh, the bush, I don't know if you've noticed the Milky Way. Here in Joburg, it doesn't, it, we don't, it doesn't do it justice. Um, I mean, I, I go out at four o'clock just to see like three stars, <laughs> you know? Um, in the bush, I mean, there's Milky Way, and I can't even find Scorpio, the only one I know. You know, like, I'm like, ah, oh, it's somewhere there. Um, although on a hunting trip, I don't think anyone realizes that it's there, but anyway. Um, so... I was looking at this fire, you know, and in the fire, I just got this picture where the, the, the logs were, were standing up like this, and it looked like worship. It looked like the, the, the logs were like worshiping in the fire um, with their arms outstretched. And yet when I looked above, there, were, there was the stars, the goodness of God right outside of that fire, um, and the goodness of God displayed in the heavens. Yet the people seemed to worship within the fire, continuing to burn without noticing what was just above them. And uh, trapped in their own sin, addiction, and in their own desires. All while missing God's goodness just outside of that. And I think that sometimes speaks to us. You know, sometimes we're a little bit trapped in our own selves. And we're worshipping ourselves, actually, in, in essence, rather than seeing the goodness of God just outside that. So sometimes we can get caught up in our own worship that consumes us. We treat our own desires and ourselves as more important than our Creator. Yet His goodness is unchanging, and His glory is all-consuming. The fire is small, yet the heavens are infinite. All it takes for you is to look up outside of this fire to see who God is and worship Him. Verse 12 to 14 says, Who can discern His errors? Declare me innocent. So He says, justify me. From my hidden faults. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart so sanctify me, be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So the psalm starts with creation worshiping, the stars and the heavens all there to worship. Um, and it ends with our main worship leader, David, uh, praying that we could follow suit in our hearts in the same way, worshiping God through our, obedi through our obedience. Um, and our obedient heart towards Jesus and his ways. So my encouragement to you is if you're feeling like this world is too much, and, and, and I felt that, I felt it often, um, and if you feel like you've lost purpose and that there's no one there, all I can say to you is look up and out of the fire, or look up out of the fire and marvel at the goodness of our rock and our redeemer. Out of the fire, God's goodness reigns. 
trust in him. He's above it all. Amen.